everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Code X Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Sonny Kruger. With me today is my co-host, Tim Morris. Unfortunately, hey. Jamie Wojcik is under the weather, so he will not be joining us today. Hey, guys. How's it going? Yeah, uh, Jamie, get better soon. Uh, we miss our third here. I'm usually the third. I have to take over the second seat. So when you come back, I will gladly give the second seat back to you and take my position as number three. Yeah, so, but looking forward to another fun episode today. Uh, if you didn't get to see the pre-show on twitch.tv slash Codex Podcast, we had a lot of fun. We were uh, talking about Jamie and how he's not doing so well. <laughs> we were saying that, you know, make sure to send him a lot of uh, memorabilia of Jared Leto as the Joker. That always makes him feel better. If you're friends with him on Facebook, guys, believe us when we say that Jared Leto pictures uh, help him feel better when he's sick or when he's down and you know if you send those to him he's he's very thankful for him yes so with that we'll get on to our show yeah we got a lot of comic news we'll start it off with the biggest news that everyone's been talking about is the miles book being pulled we have our works the topic of the week which is what independent comic company do you prefer and why we will be going we will have another uh game of do you know this time it will be me against tim and then a little, a little bit of change of plans today. It will not be, we will not be reviewing Avengers Defenders War. We will be reviewing Spider-Man 2099 issue number one. That's right. Okay. Right, now, let's get us started on that news. Dude. So before we even get into it, uh, I, I mean, anybody that's been reading comic related news or the news in general Distance, knows, yeah. yeah, knows that mouse, the, the graphic novel that, uh, depicts uh, Art Spiegelman's dad's uh, trials and tribulations going through the Holocaust uh, has been pulled from uh, a school in McMinn County, Tennessee. Now, before anybody goes after me for, for saying the name of the county, it is in literally every news outlet that you could possibly read. And this is right in my back door. So so this is very personal to me. But before we get started, I want to let you know that the uh, GoFundMe for Mouse, uh, the comic company or the comic shop, uh, the local comic shop in Knoxville, Nirvana Comics, uh, they have raised money to provide free copies to any student that asks for it. And uh, as of right now, this recording, it is at $103,467. So it's gone up since uh, before we even got started. That's amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, with the, the GoFundMe, all you got to do is type in Nirvana Comics or Nirvana Comics Knoxville Project or even Mouse, and you'll be able to find it and you can donate. And please do, because this is a book that needs to be in people's hands. Uh, it, it's one of the greatest pieces of comic work ever written uh and everybody needs to read it i mean there, there shouldn't be any exceptions this should be on everybody's to read list but uh basically what they're saying is our spiegelman's masterpiece is one of the most important impactful and influential graphic novels of all time we believe it is a must read for everybody and this is from the gofundme all funds will be used to purchase mouse for students local and across the country. And here's an update as of yesterday from Nirvana. So Nirvana uh, says that uh, 
not only will they be able to provide a free copy of mouse to any student that asks, but they will also include a parent teaching guide, which I think is fantastic too. One of the Tennessee based teachers. So a teacher here in the state that I live in was able to put together this guide to help parents talk about each chapter with their kids. So yeah, that's, that's amazing. And uh, yeah. Uh, so 1,300, $103,467. Their initial goal was $20,000. I think they have far exceeded that. But let me go into this a little bit further. So with the article with USA Today, uh, like I said, the school in McMinn County, it was a Tennessee school board that decided to pull mouse from libraries for students under the high school level. So it's not all students, but any students from middle school down, so eighth grade on down to kindergarten, are not going to be able to have access to this book. Uh, and some of their reasons for pulling the book, uh, the county school board voted to ban the novel because of rough language and a drawing of a nude woman. Uh, it's, it's absolutely absurd. Uh, it's it's ridiculous. And Art Spiegelman, uh, the person that wrote and drew Mouse, says it best. It's not about left versus right. It's about a culture war that's gotten totally out of control. And that is absolutely the case, because now you have people everywhere censoring and banning anything they can get their hands on that they disagree with. This is the yeah. Holocaust, guys. This this happened. And yeah. this this is a firsthand account of what this man went through during this horrible and utterly unimaginable time frame in human history. And everybody needs to be exposed to this. Everybody needs to read it. And everybody needs to see what happened, at least from this man's point of view, right? And what better way than through the comics medium that we all love, pulling this out of the hands of uh, kids that need to read this. Now, I personally think that kids in elementary school don't need to have access to this right at the moment. That's up to the parents to decide. But once you get into middle school, yeah, it's it's about time. And, and it's time to start looking at things like this. And Frank's Diary is not pulled from people's uh lists of things to read is it's recommended reading it's 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 mandatory reading in high school if i remember right and lord of the flies and things like that and mouse needs to be on that list should be on that list and has to be on that list yes yeah, it's history you can't pretend history didn't happen nope. it's horrible i mean horrible isn't even i don't think there are any words just to, to uh accurately describe like how bad things like said like the holocaust was or slavery was but you still got to somewhat teach people about it. And, you know, a swear word here or a, a body there. I mean, a, a nude body there. I don't think it's reason enough to say, take it away. <laughs> and you've read it. I remember on your front of vault. I have a copy of it in my living it, room. From the vault. Do <clears throat> yeah. you remember the swearing being like super bad or crazy nudity or anything? Oh, so, so like with the art style in the book, it's very simplistic. It's, it's not overtly crazy it's not like this it's not like the comic books we read today it's it's really quite two-dimensional um uh, it's 
Art Spiegelman doing artwork depicting Jewish people as mice, uh, Germans and Nazis as cats, Americans as uh, bulldogs, I believe, and the British and the Polish are depicted as other things too. Uh, it, it's simplistic line drawn artwork and it's 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 simplicity that just kind of makes it all the more because you know as you go through and you read it there is language uh and there should be uh and and i don't remember a depiction of a nude girl uh but uh if there is one in there that's fine too i mean kids in the eighth grade seventh grade and sixth grade see worse than that on television and yeah. in video games right now as a matter of fact go check your kids and see what they're reading <laughs> watching or looking at because if they're on tiktok or they're playing grand theft auto or they've got their headsets on while they're playing halo you better believe that they're hearing seeing and oh, yeah. watching things that are way more atrocious than anything mouse could provide and a lot of the people who complain so it's there was a swear word or there's a naked body. Those are the people who are usually, they're the ones swearing in front of their kids and this and that, and then they'll complain about something else. Anybody that it's complains ridiculous. about swear words, I've got a hand gesture for you that is lewd, crude, and tattooed. So, yeah. <laughs> there you go. And one thing I did want to read um, was a quote. Uh, it was from Oscar Wilde, and he said, the books that the world calls immoral are books that show the world its own shame exactly and to add to that point those that ignore or suppress history are doomed to repeat it you yeah. can't get away from things that happened and you have to learn from that you have to pay attention to it and you have to study it because if you don't you're going to make those same mistakes that these other rejects did in our past <laughs> yeah it, it I, I get a little furious and I get worked up about this, especially with band works. And, and it's ridiculous to censor something or somebody uh, simply because of the things that they say uh, or the written word and things like that. If you don't like it, don't read it. If you don't li like listening to whoever it is, don't listen to them. But other people do. And what right do they have, or you as the universal term, what right do you have to take that away from somebody? The answer is you don't. And it's ridiculous. I, I can't stand it. I cannot stand it. Drives me bananas. Yeah. yeah I completely agree with you, man. Um, and like I so said, this is something that definitely has everybody talking. Like they're not just comic book fans. There's all kinds of people from all different walks of life. I'm seeing it's it everywhere. everywhere. Yeah, yeah, I have to center myself now, Sonny. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think about uh, Whoopi Goldberg getting suspended? Uh, she deserved every bit of that, too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she deserved every bit of that because guess what? The Jewish people are also a race. And uh, what happened to them is beyond comprehension. And to say that it was white people killing white people uh i had an aneurysm for two seconds because that is the most ridiculous thing i have ever heard in my life moving on <laughs> yes <laughs> oh sunny <laughs> yeah so yeah like so, so the whole mouse thing we can we can go on with that like all day all day <laughs> but i think it's time do we move to the uh to another galaxy or some guardians of the galaxy my friend the end of an era Yes, James Gunn has. Yep, James Gunn has said that uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three will be the last time we see the team together. 
Yeah. You know, we'll see. I mean, especially this is his last film working on it. So it's going to end. It's going to have a big ending to the trilogy. I love the Guardians of the Galaxy trilogy. Well, the series so far. So I'm obviously assuming that the next one's going to be really good as well. Mm-hmm. And then in a way, I mean, I don't think maybe forever. I mean, who knows what will happen 10, 20 years down the road. But right. at least for a while, it's going to be the end of, of this team. Or at least this team, because there's so many members yeah. in the past, in, in the present, you know, who have been members who haven't been on in the, the live action movies yet. But maybe if they continue or something, they'll say, okay, well, now it's time to give this person a shot. This person, um, even like Charlie 23 was a, a big character in the comics. And he, I think he has like a quick appearance in the movie. You never know, maybe later he'll have a bigger Is he in party. one of the movies? I, I didn't see him. So if you saw him, you got to let me know what part it was in I, so I can go look. I think they said, and I didn't notice until later on when I looked him up, I think it said that Vig Rames plays him in the second one and he's wearing like a big like yellow outfit oh, i didn't know okay. it was him until i looked yep. it until it said because i want to have for some reason i don't know why i was like where's charlie charlie 23 but maybe i was gonna be his first appearance or something and it's like he was that, portrayed in the movie yeah yeah and the mechanical heads voice is Miling cyrus yeah <laughs> so, so yeah i mean uh batista said it right you know he said i've been doing this for 10 years guys 10 years uh, he's been playing drax the destroyer and and at some point that has to come to an end you know it's bittersweet but uh if james gunn does what he does best which i have all the faith in the world that he will this is going to be the best of the three guardians movies and i think it may go in line with one of the best marvel movies ever made i'm very curious to see what happened i'm i'm trying very hard to stay spoiler free on this one um but i've i've heard a couple of things i've heard that there's going to be a romantic interest with rocket uh i've even heard rumors of the high evolutionary coming in oh which i would love to see too, yeah <laughs> i've even heard mark hamill is going to play the high evolutionary but who knows about that it would be incredible right but but like he said you know this is the last time we'll see this team together but that doesn't mean that uh star lord's going away forever unless he dies um <laughs> old man star lord like, right in the comics yeah <laughs> but but i mean guardians will live on you know they yeah. they will make appearances they will show up other characters will be around we're not going to lose them all we just may lose four or five of them <laughs> four or five of the five <laughs> <laughs> yeah but no i i mean i'm i'm not looking forward to it but you know it is what it is it has to happen sooner or later yeah and like you did say i think james Gunn would do a great job of it's gotta end it's gonna end on a, on a high note and it'll exactly be like, wow that's how you end a trilogy yeah oh yeah but yeah. speak go from endings let's go to something new something new that is basically ended before it began <laughs> and it is about the the new warriors show so there was talk from the showrunner kevin Beigel, who said that people thought the show was uh you know too gay that it was very openly gay and very proudly gay, and he believes that that's pretty much why it didn't um, didn't last, or that it didn't get picked up, and it didn't make it past the um, you know the pilot episode. And I have it right here. They he did says. film that like that was all but completed, right? The yeah, pilot. They, yeah. They did have it, and in the, the article there was the pictures of Milana Vaintrup as Squirrel Girl, 
those who don't know who she is because of her name, she is the attractive actress that you see in all those AT&T commercials. I was going to ask you that. That's I thought that's who that was. Yeah. So that's like a <laughs> quick way to know who she is. Yeah. So there's pictures. And she looked uh, like she would have played the part really good. Uh, she looked like the character. Mm-hmm. So it was cool that yep. they had the squirrel on her shoulder. Yep. The, and, the prop and the yeah. big tail in the back and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Yes. I wonder how that would have been. But um, yeah, Kevin Feigl got him right here. What he said. Uh, Twitter, yeah. There's a show we wrote a few years ago. It was very proudly gay, a singular power. They they be killed the show because it was too gay. A rich, straight Brentwood turd. He got fired for being vile at his company. We, on the other hand, live. Hashtag New Warriors. Yeah, and I think we can all put together what company that was, because uh, I believe it was supposed to come out on free form, but was pushed aside or just disregarded altogether it wasn't picked up for series so yeah think about that figure it out you you guys know i mean you're all smart so but yeah i i mean it looked good uh if it was too gay so what nobody cares i mean maybe back then you know uh whenever this was supposed to come out a couple years ago right Um, yeah yeah we live in a different world now who cares honestly nobody does uh if 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 there's gay characters in a show, so what? Uh, I mean, if there's not gay characters in a show, who cares? Uh, nobody does. Uh, it's it's the point of fact of uh, you have people with uh, old-fashioned values that are still set in their ways, and they refuse to change. And unfortunately, yeah. shows that could be good or could not have been good uh, get canned before they get a chance to try. It wouldn't have bothered me. Uh, I'm not a fan yeah. of Squirrel Girl or anything like that, but I would have loved to have seen her on screen. It would have been amazing to see, you know. But yeah, sometimes, like I said, the shows or uh, sometimes the movies, they're surprising. It's like, oh, I don't really know this team. I'm not really much of a fan. And yeah. then you see it. And then sometimes it's like, wow, this actually is really good. You know, maybe like- I should check them out again. Like, I loved New Warriors back in the 90s when it was like Firestorm, Marvel Boy, Speedball, Night Thrasher. Uh, yeah. Rage was in there, Silhouette, one of the first uh, handicapped characters. I think she had the, the, oh, the okay. yeah, you know what I'm talking about? She, she had the black and yellow suit and she walked with the crutches. That was cool. That was all kinds of cool stuff. There was all kinds of cool things with New Warriors back in the 90s. And then I didn't see him again until Civil War. And they had a bunch of different yeah. characters. Uh, and then, you know, they were the reason why the good guys fought against each other is because of what they did. <laughs> yeah, it was something they didn't yeah. last very long. No, it's it's a shame. I, I would have loved to have seen it. I think the creator of the show even said that he showed it to his kids and his kids thought it was amazing. You better like my new show, kids. <laughs> Dad's my kids love it. You. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my God. Uh, so I guess it'd be one of those things we wonder. And, you know, and then even for her, Milana, who played Squirrel Girl, almost makes me think of uh, yeah. Pulp Fiction, where they kept mentioning with Thurman's character, like, oh, she was in a pilot, but I think it picked up. She was in a pilot. Yeah. Well, Milana, she can say that she was Squirrel Girl in a pilot, but it did not get picked up. And we can wonder what it I would have like. told a joke at the end of every episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, with, with the nuts. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, okay. speaking of uh, nuts, uh, the writers' union uh, filing a labor dispute against Image Comics. So, so this is from Bleeding Cool. 
This is done by Rich Johnson from Bleeding Cool, and uh, this was put out the other day. So last year, the Comic Book Writers United announced themselves as a union. Uh, it was made up of a dozen or so staffers working at Image Comics, and they voted by a supermajority to declare the formation of a union. Now, that vote was not voluntarily recognized by Image, but earlier this year, it was ratified officially. So they officially have a writer's union with Image Comics now. Fast forward to now, the Comics Union has filed a claim against Image with the government's National Labor Relations Board. And the legal filing claims that Image Comics has engaged in unfair labor practices. And uh, that is sounds uh, eerily familiar to Kirkman and what he did with the colorist of uh invincible oh yeah yeah uh now uh image comics uh, says here that image comics retaliated against union bargaining members and the image interfered with the ex exercise of employees rights by intentionally disseminating misinformation now no other further details are given there and the cbwu did not respond inquiries nor did image comics when bleeding cool reached out to them but if you go on bleeding cool's website you can see the uh, disposition that was filed against image comics uh, and it is all there for you guys to take a look at and read so my opinion on this uh Look at what Starbucks did when the one Starbucks, I think it was in New York, was trying to unionize and they did everything they could to try and stop it. Guys, unions are not a bad thing. I mean, they're, they're a representation of the workers' rights and that's something yeah. that needs to be there. Um, and for Image Comics to, to try and do those things that are claimed in the lawsuit that they did to prevent writers from unionizing shame on you guys i mean that's 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 not cool you you need to your writers need to have a voice your artists need to have a voice and if this goes through and the union wins what's going to happen at dc what's going to happen at marvel are characters going to be work or are writers and artists inkers and letterers going to be work for hire now or are they going to unionize and I'm surprised that it took this long for writers to get a union, you know, yeah. especially I always make sure I pay attention to these things because, you know, I am a writer and I was thinking, okay, one day maybe working for this company or that, mm -hmm. uh, it'd be nice, you know, like I said, everybody does deserve you know, to have a union and have somebody fight for their rights so that they're not yeah. being mistreated. So you did say this, but, uh, you know, a shame on image of, you know, for doing the things that, that they're being accused of doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If, if, but, if they in fact did do that, that's, that's not good, dude. That's that's not good business. And you need to yeah, let cool. your workers unionize and you need to let them have one unified voice. Yeah. Play it all does get worked out and everything is good, you know, because like I said, we, we like a lot of comics from Image, you know. So mm -hmm. We don't like to hear when things like this are going on and right. being mistreated. Yeah. We like to hear that everything is good and smooth so that when you buy a comic from them, you feel glad. Like, okay, this isn't that's somebody right. being mistreated. Somebody... Somebody was happy making this. Yeah, yeah. They got a paycheck. They enjoyed their work. They enjoyed their time. And now we're enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what uh, else is coming up that I may or may not enjoy? Certain Judgment Day. Judgment Day. 
So the latest uh, Marvel epic feature in comic books uh, is is coming this summer, and it's called Judgment Day, and it has to do with the X-Men, the Avengers, and the Eternals. Uh, I don't know much more about it beyond uh, the cryptic things that they keep putting out. Like uh, the one of the Eternals, Druig, I think, was saying, you know, we were made to fight deviants, but we forgot something. The mutants. Yeah, and one they haven't seen too. Yeah. Yeah. And then then there's the picture that they had where the Eternals are on one side, the X-Men are on the other, and the Avengers are right in the middle. So what's gonna happen? I'm I'm very curious about that, but uh I don't know if I'm gonna rush out to get it because like and and this goes into our our works later in the episode, but uh Jamie and I talked about it, you know, our comic events too big and uh the short answer is yes and uh this is just another example of that yeah it should be interesting i mean to do first you, you know which team i'm rooting for uh the avengers um well the eternal accent <laughs> <laughs> you know the eternals with that one guy and that uh, other guy and that lady and you know those, icarus those and... tough characters yeah, yeah. The ones they, they fly and they have strength and <laughs> you know for the x-men <laughs> Exactly. Uh, yes. Yeah, but it, I like say you wonder how if it is going to be interesting or not, or are there too many events? Like I said, obviously before, I mean, sometimes it's cool they have a lot of events, but sometimes before it was like there's one big event, so everybody was jumping on board. Yeah. And now there's so many. So, well, I mean, so before, before, before you only had a major event every couple of years, and now it's every four months you've got something going on. Yeah, every season. Yeah, yeah, and it's the summer comics blockbuster. Yeah, so we will see. Does it live up to the hype and like tracking out how many how long will it be? If it is just gonna be for the summer, if mm-hmm. it's gonna be yeah. So we'll see. I, I'd like to see more before I'm like, oh, I'm definitely gonna get it, or if I'm like, oh, I'll I'll wait. So like I said, still very new, just talked about like yeah. seeing a few cryptic uh posts and things like that. And then we'll, we'll, you know, pretty much have updates on it as it gets closer to the release. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And and I'm sure my opinion will change five times between now and then. So, (laughs) (laughs) but like I said, I'm sticking with the X Men. Always stay loyal (laughs) to my X Men. Uh, I'll I'll side with Team Avengers because they're right in the middle. So, (laughs) and nobody's taking the eternal side. No, no. (laughs) We know they're going to lose, so it doesn't matter. They better. <laughs> I want them to lose. <laughs> yeah. But speaking of things that are supposed to come out, that are set to come out this summer, Loki season two is filming earlier and it's set to film this summer. Now it was said, oh, it's going to be later, but now on the site called Backstage, um, which is a site for filmmakers. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tim, I can let you know. I can let my viewers know. I was on that site for a little bit and was kicked off in like a week or two. <laughs> they said I was uh talking too much i wasn't posting more <laughs> i'm like i paid enough money for this site you <laughs> paid more money to say hey uh i'm working on a show called a series about a series who wants oh to my be a god part of it? i'm but, sorry sir but you are just not contributing enough to the conversation what do you mean yeah. I, I talk all the time <laughs> yeah i talk i paid my money but they did pay me back so i said okay i was on there for a couple weeks kicked off but i got my money back but oh my god on the site backstage uh, you know because they film like you know, talk about shows coming up a lot of it at least especially in illinois is a lot of like 
upcoming indie filmmakers putting like, hey, I have this project or this or that. But in mm-hmm. other places, they have some big projects too. Obviously, Loki is a huge one. Oh, and I yeah. guess that on there, it was saying, okay, filming is going to start this summer. So then they got people talking of, oh, so Loki's going to be filming this summer. Wow. And then that means, yeah, the show should be filming soon, like I said, uh, in summer. And then who knows? There's still no release date for season two. Oh. Well, I mean, if it, if it starts filming in the summer, then uh, I I think it's safe to assume that it'll come out uh, toward uh, sometime in the beginning of 2023 or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, it'll be good. You know, it'll be good. Loki's good. So yeah, the the second season will be amazing. Also, yeah. So that's I am excited. I was glad to see that it's filming early, and as opposed to all these. You know, lately it's just everything delayed 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 it's nice to see something is moving forward earlier than expected oh yeah absolutely but uh other things that are moving forward earlier than expected uh and that would be the joker sequel yeah so they want joaquin phoenix too so yeah joker 2 is reported to start filming uh soon uh i think early 2023 is when it's expected to film first draft of the script has been finished uh it's it's been submitted and things like that we'll see joaquin phoenix return as the clown prince of crime and todd phillips again is set to direct once more uh let's see here source claims to have insider knowledge on the joker sequel we all know about that though uh stated that filming will commence once phoenix schedule frees up in 2023 additionally it's believed that the first draft like i said has already been received by warner brothers yeah so i mean there's not much more to say than that but it's exciting news uh joker was an amazing movie uh i i mean a movie first a comic book movie second yeah it was it was fantastic film work uh and i've only watched it once because it was a really hard watch for me to do uh because i've had people suffer from mental illness and things like that before so you know watching that is is difficult when it's portrayed that brutally so uh yeah but the sequel uh i'm excited about that the rumors of willem dafoe coming in there i think are uh, hot water i I don't think that's true (laughs) yeah i think he was just saying like oh it'd be cool if i was another joker i mean yeah for years we've seen people i don't know if you've seen the pictures which like William Defoe, but they put like all the oh yeah stuff, like, oh yeah he'd be the perfect one oh yeah yeah it'd, it'd be cool to have him in there and do something awesome but uh you and I both know that's not gonna yeah. happen no but, especially but no. like I said the I think it'll be more the style the first one which like I said was really good like you said like you said perfectly a movie first then a comic book movie because yeah like if you were expecting just a comic book movie I'm like no no this is more like a regular movie a gritty you know yeah. uh down you know, if it didn't have movie, anything yeah. to do with a comic book at all, that movie would have won every single award ever created. Yeah, it would remind me if there's any movie that I would compare it to, I would say like Taxi Driver would be the movie that I would. I haven't seen Taxi Driver, but uh, it's it's just one of those movies that sticks with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it doesn't ever go away. And and it's one of those movies that you tell people you have to watch this. Don't don't think about it. Just turn it on and call me when it's done so we can cry together <laughs> yeah it's one of those yeah a very very powerful movie too yeah like you mm-hmm. said there's a mental illness it's an extra straight action action it's mental illness and yeah. you know, basically somebody who's had enough of society 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's something I'm definitely excited about. Yeah. I hope that it's good that it lives up to their first. And then, you know, we could talk about it on the show. It'll be, it'll be <laughs> we'll be far into the Codex podcast by then, but we'll still, but, we'll just still be going on. Yeah. But there is some sad news to bring to the community. Yes. Um, writer and editor Brian Augustine has passed away. He had a stroke. For those of you who do not know who he is, he was someone he worked alongside Mark Wade a lot. And Brian Augustine is most known for working on Batman, Gotham by Gaslight, JLA Year One, and he worked on The Flash for quite a while. Batman. In 1994, 1994, no problem. In 1994, he won the Wizard Fan Award. Nice. And you were going to say about Batman? Yeah, Batman, Gotham by Gaslight is the book that uh, started uh, the Elseworlds line. So uh, the, the, the book's legacy is all but cemented in history. Uh, Augustine and Mark Wade were super friends. Uh, they, they did everything together. I think when I read uh, Mark Wade's uh, post on Facebook about Augustine, he said that they both started working at DC within a week of each other. I think wow. he had come first. He was there. Uh, Augustine was there a week before he was, and they just instantly bonded. Yeah, so it's it's sad day. It, it's always sad when somebody uh, passes away, but you know when somebody as influential as this does, it just makes it a little more sad. Yeah, I do believe he was. Yeah, uh, I believe it was sixty-seven years old. Mm-hmm. Yep. He he did suffer from a stroke. Yeah, took his life. And but his work will definitely live on. Like you said, Batman, uh, Gotham by. Gotham by Gaslight is, like I said, one of the first Elseworld stories. And, yep. and I, we see how popular Elseworld stories are now. Like, we see yeah, oh, yeah. Right. You know, yep. Back then, it was it was big. It was different. And Gotham by Gaslight is the one that started it all. Yeah. So may, may Brian Augustine rest in peace. And, you know, we'll continue to, his work will live on. And maybe one day we'll be reviewing some of those. Like I said, when I was looking into them, they seem very interesting. Yeah. Especially I would love to Batman, do a review Gaslight. of Gotham by Gaslight. That would be amazing. Because when I was reading it, it said uh, that Batman takes on Jack the Ripper. Yep. And I was like, oh, man, that sounds <laughs> like I got to check that out. So it's, one it's, day it's we'll good. get to that. Uh, I'm going to put it on the list right now. So Sounds good, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then. We do have some some good news, though. Mm-hmm. Some Sanders turns into some good news. And I haven't told you and Jamie, I was like, it's like the world was watching our last episode. Because <laughs> we talked about one of Jamie's questions was, you know, was Ghost Rider a part of Fantastic Four at one point? Mm-hmm. And now we, we get news today that the new Fantastic Four will be returning. That yeah. is Ghost, the Fantastic Four with Ghost Rider, Spider-Man, the Hulk is uh, Joe Fix-It, Mr. Fix-It, whatever you want to call him, and Wolverine. Yeah, and yeah, they will be having a new story coming out May twenty fifth, and it will be by Peter David and Alan Robinson. I was hoping, no, no, no. I was listening for Arthur Adams. I was hoping he was going to do the work because I'm not mentioning yet on the Marvel's uh, Universe Series two cards for the rookie teams that they have. Arthur Adams did the work for New Fantastic Four's card, and Uh I was hoping that they would have him do it, but they didn't <laughs> but it should be uh it should be good like i said it was crazy coincidence how we happened to mention yeah. it and then they happened but yeah i like the team i thought it was good and that this series is set to pick up where those fantastic four issues left off really 1990 yeah so 
I, I was I was really excited about that. So it's not just a completely new story. It's picking up where that story left off on. And it's supposed to be that they're going to Las Vegas. They're like there's a big crime surge in Vegas. And I'm like, this could be really cool. Maybe you know, we'll get those to characters in Las Vegas. Maybe we'll get to see some other 90s-ish characters like Nomad. I would love to see yeah. Nomad. He was out in that area at that time. Yeah, I haven't seen much of yeah, Nomad lately. No, I, I think he died. Uh, Jack Monroe, I think is his name. I think he died during Civil War or no, during the Winter Soldier storyline. If I oh, remember okay. right, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty confident in that answer. And then like I said, it'd be cool if he's there because like I said this is supposed to take place. I believe it was 1990 when uh, yep. that happened. So it'd be cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm excited, I'm excited for it. May yep. 25th. And they said the cover is supposed to be one of those wraparound covers that you open. So that's even so better. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, even so. better. I'm looking forward to it. Who knows? Maybe that'll be my on the hunt when it gets to May 25th. There 32 years old. That's my <laughs> a month past my birthday. Uh, is it going to continue the numbering from the series or is it going to start over at like number one? Uh, it will start over at number one. Oh, okay. So, yeah. I, I hope they have the legacy number though. That would be cool to see. It'll be, yeah. <laughs> so we'll start at number one, May 25th, the new Fantastic issue nice. number one. And there we go. That is our comic news for the day, our hot news. And now we get into our works. Yeah. I know Jamie's going to really miss this part that he doesn't get to be here to hear me talk about my work. <laughs> you know, it's probably his favorite part of the show. <laughs> but oh. I'll quickly get to our works. For me, you know, the show I work on, a series about a series. I'm excited that auditions start next week. That's so I've been amazing. talking with people, yeah, putting uh, casting calls out there. And now the schedule is set for next week for people to audition for the characters. I'd love to see it. It's always fun. Sometimes because I'm reading his other characters. Yeah. And then, you know, and then you're seeing people like you're seeing characters. Okay. Sometimes maybe you could, could the character be like this? It's sometimes you're seeing like your character come to life like this. And they may be the <clears throat> this may be the one. Well, let me ask you character. when are you going to start doing like location scouting and things like that for places to shoot at? So I have already started on that, like certain places I've already had before. And like, okay, mm -hmm. I will return there. So locations that was before shooting the first episode, that was the biggest issue that was holding me back for a long time was locations. But now I do have a, a studio that I, that I go to a lot. It's called Indie DB Studios and it's yeah. really for upcoming indie filmmakers. So that's where I do a lot of filming there. And then sometimes at house. Sometimes that's amazing. This house, sometimes <laughs> at my, my mom's. So, you know, you get people, you know, you know, uh, my friend before Keith, his parents, they were nice enough to, to let me use their bar. And that yeah. was really nice because bars are a lot of money to, to film it. So they, they definitely saved me. The Keith and Michelle saved me a lot of money and I got well, the bar scene. Well, I mean, you did a great job with the first episode and Thank I you. am uh, chomping at the bit for information on the second episode. So I, I'm ready for it, man. And you let me know when you need me to fly to Chicago and make a guest appearance and I'll be there. I will certainly not this week with all these snowstorms. I'd okay. say we'll wait a little bit till this <laughs> snow goes down. And that's one thing too with filming is that I need to keep in mind is like right now it's the winter. You don't want to say, Are you hey, wanting to here. film? Are you wanting to film like in the spring or? Um, spring would be if I have to do like outside scenes mm -hmm. for the upcoming episodes. There's a couple scenes out. So I'm like, okay, those 
I'll wait a little bit to get to the outside scenes. Gotcha. But there's a lot, a lot is inside. So those I'll make sure to just right stay on. away from a window so we don't <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Why is there all that snow in the background? And then suddenly he walks outside and there's no snow. It, it was a uh, freak styrofoam accident. That's why you yeah. see all that white stuff out there. That's that's exactly what happened. I, I will keep that in mind <laughs> and I will use that. Come back to episode 33 of the Codex podcast. Wait, what, what did Tim say? What was that excuse I need? <laughs> Let me go back in there and watch. Yeah. <sighs> but I got that going. So that's what I would be excited to work on. And I did make sure I said no, no auditions on Wednesdays. Wednesdays is still the Codex podcast day. There you go. Always. You go. And then other things for me is I've been having those mail calls. I've been getting, you know, some things in the mail. And uh, you know, today, uh, Wednesday, we posted. My last mail call about getting that Dark Ages number four, finally. I am invested in the journey of Dark Ages. Like, I, I am invested in that 110%. I look forward to it every time it comes out. And this time you had the check marks each yeah. time you got an issue or you showed an issue in yeah, a mail call. Yeah. yeah, so like, I mean, it might do a little something instead of just showing up. <laughs> you know, to let you know that I'm on this journey. Yep. Because Dark Ages is the first uh, series, anything that I'm collecting along with everyone, issue by issue as it's coming out, not just getting in my trades, it's coming out issue by issue. What variant was that that you got? Do you do you know? Like, is it the B variant or the C variant? Or Oh, you might have to look. Okay. I no, have to that's figure like... out which variant. It's the one yeah. with Captain America in the, in the middle and yeah. we got Spider-Man on the side. It looks so. really cool, though. When I go to my local comic shop next week, uh, it's going to be sitting there waiting for me. Not that variant, yeah. but Dark Ages number four. So, right. Yeah, I mean, sure, I've, I've already read it. So, Really? Is it good? I enjoyed it. It's, it's nice. good. And then um, we'll be looking forward to a, a decoding panels episode on it. Mm, that's right. Speaking yep. of all that good stuff... <coughs> So uh, decoding panels, uh, I'm fast at work behind the scenes. Uh, we got deceased coming for you pretty soon. We're in the middle of uh, the most epic Punisher story ever told. Uh, and that would be Circle of Blood. And Jamie's she, favorite. It is. It, it absolutely is. Where J Jared Leto is Jamie's favorite actor in existence. Punisher Circle of Blood is Jamie's favorite comic book or, or just written word uh like way better than scrolls of old and uh limericks and haikus uh punisher circle of blood is jamie's bedtime story and uh, nope that's not him messaging me so we're good <laughs> <laughs> he's like Dude, I, you're what so are right. you doing <laughs> he was gonna tell us that we were so right <laughs> but yeah that that's coming out uh let's see here we jamie and i recorded three episodes of breaking the code uh this past weekend and it's some good ones dude some good ones we did uh five uh comic book movies that set the standard like it's it's not a top five it's just what jamie thought and what i thought were the five comic book movies that set the standard for everything that we watch today. There's some obvious picks in there, but there's some not so obvious picks in there too. And that episode will be coming out soon. We also did uh, what I mentioned just a little bit ago, our comic events too big. That was a great conversation. And another conversation that we had that uh, got a little heated. He was but, telling uh, me you guys got into something. Yeah, but Jamie and I uh, shook hands, had a beer, and threw darts at uh, pictures of Jared Leto's face afterwards. <laughs> uh, and that is our comic fans too critical. 
Uh, so yeah, uh, great conversations, lots of information and, uh, a little bit of back and forth, but it's awesome. It was good. And, uh, we ended that episode on a really great note and I'm very excited for you guys to see that. Uh, I'm excited to check it out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, more boom Thursdays coming out. I mean, you just had one come out a little bit ago with uh, Buffy, the last vampire slayer number two. Yeah. Uh, let's see here we've got uh yeah uh, yeah, the one shot with uh uh jude ellison s doyle uh that is out now and uh if you guys haven't seen that go take a listen to that she is the writer for ma we had the artist al kaplan not too long ago and that was a wonderful time i got to sit down with him and do my one and a half shot uh and this time with uh jude ellison s doyle i only asked one question and yeah i was surprised i'm like yeah so i was watching i'm like hmm, tim only asked him one question he, yeah he did it where was that where was that half but my comment <laughs> was uh part of the conversation and i made sure to not put a curly cue at the end uh so yeah but it's it's good you guys need to check it out and and we're working on a ton more uh one shots behind the scenes too these take time uh but uh, we got a lot of cool stuff coming for you in that direction that's always great. I always love watching them. And it was very insightful, too. Like, I like to learn about the process of making comics and everything. Like I said, with Jude, I was watching, and they were talking about, like, you know, making a horror as opposed Mm -hmm. to, like, a regular comic and a horror comic. So, yeah, all really interesting stuff, all great stuff. And a whole lot more coming your way from Codex. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And now we move on to our topic of the week. That's right. So right. what is the topic of the week, Sonny? Do you remember? Yep. So the topic of the week is what independent comic company do you prefer and why? And well, since Jamie is not here this week, Tim has the top three picks in no particular order. The top three comments in no particular order. That's right. So once again, guys, uh, thank you all for those that responded when Jamie put this uh, topic of the week out. Uh, We love reading the responses. Some of us even get involved in one or two of them. Uh, But uh, in no particular order, we first have Bryn Anderson uh, and that and he says uh, it had been it had been IDW because of all of the 80s properties that they licensed. That, of course, will be changing. Image is also up there for their variety of stories outside of superheroes. That's a very valid point. Uh, next is Bill Cash, and Bill says Boom Studios, the home of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers comics that serve as a modern update of the show I grew up watching and continue to watch to this day. You and Jamie need to get together and uh, stream episodes and watch them together. <laughs> and finally, we have Christopher David Colley, and he says, Zenoscope Entertainment, gory fairy, fairy tales and risque covers. You're not wrong. <laughs> Sonny, uh, your favorite independent comic book company currently in existence? Well, for me, I think it's no real surprise that I do go with Boom Studios, you know, that we I've been reading a lot lately from them. And you're know, like, obviously, we're talking about uh, doing the Boom Thursdays and checking out Buffy the Last Vampire Slayer, yeah. Once in Future, like I said, all the, the Power Rangers, if going on Power Rangers, might be more from Power Rangers. Uh, you know, they got Berserker. They have a lot going on. And I really uh, invested in, in a lot of their stories. So Boom does take my, Boom Studios is my top um, independent company. But uh, one thing about me is I was really excited about this topic of the week. 
um, for this week because mm-hmm. you know I'm a guy who has a lot of Marvel and DC, and I was like, you know, I want to like I said now I've, I've been getting into Boom Studios. Like I want to hear about more other uh, independent companies. Like what else am I missing out there that yeah. you know? Cause there are a lot of companies that have these incredible stories out there that a lot of people like myself we don't know about. But if we heard about them, even if we just saw, like you said, a risque cover or something, <laughs> may grab our eye and say, you know what? Let me look at least and see what this is about. And then sometimes I read what it's about and say, you know what? I'm going to give this a shot. And then yeah. you check something out and you're like, man, I can't believe I missed this. I almost missed this. Yeah. So I'm excited to see what you got. Uh, Sonny, I'm going to have to take your pick and uh, say Boom Studios as well. I mean, it's it's a no-brainer. Uh Marvel and DC have the top two spots. Image has number three. Everybody else fights for four and below. Uh, But uh, I think the sleeper is boom. And I think they are fast approaching uh, taking over that number three spot. Uh, I I believe that uh, last month in January, the number one selling book was the something is killing the children or house of slaughter i think it was house of slaughter if i'm not mistaken that's boom title guys uh but you all already knew that uh yeah but boom uh they have wonderful work coming out right now uh power rangers like one of our comments said uh it's a modern update on a a show that we all watched and enjoyed and loved uh maw obviously horror comics uh then something is killing the children and house of slaughter berserker uh and the list goes on i mean they are killing it right now and uh everybody needs to be picking up some boom titles yeah and then uh one thing cool is that they have comics for for pretty much all ages they do have comics that are aimed more towards kids they have comics that are kind of for everybody some that are for adults well they have the kaboom line for kids and that's got like things like, or at least it had like things like regular show and uh, Steven Universe and Adventure Time and things of that nature. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, Kaboom, Kaboom's uh, line for kids is awesome. My son has Kaboom comics. So yeah. Yeah. So there we go. It was nice to, to hear the comments, read the comments too. Like I said, so now I know to check out some other independent companies and glad to hear that, that Boom is. is uh, making its way up there and becoming a lot more popular. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. I think this is the year for them, so we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, we will. Mm-hmm. Tim, do you know? Uh, I do, Sonny, and you don't, and I'm going to win, so you <laughs> might as well give up now. <laughs> oh, man, you ready for my questions from uh, 1909? <laughs> yes, as a matter of fact, I am. Yeah, so normally it was gonna be scheduled like i said it was gonna be me then you then jamie so mm-hmm. i'm thinking should we just do me then you yeah i'm cool with that okay. you go ahead and take it away all right tim in 18 no. uh the no. answer would be general eisenhower st peter wrong it's young blood god okay. close <laughs> so going towards the year going to the future 2099 mm-hmm Okay, so in the beginning, yeah, Marvel, they had four titles, started off with four titles in the 2099, and three of those were characters that were already established, but one was a character who was not established and was brand new. Who was the character? Uh, Do you know the character? I do. Uh, That would be Ravage. 
Correct. <laughs> oh, you said it. You say you're prepared today. You're ready. <coughs> I'm ready for this. So one for Tim. Okay. So, uh, Sonny, do you know when Spider-Man 2099 number one released? Do you know the year? 1992. Uh, that is correct, sir. Uh, for no extra points, do you know the month that it released? So I was doing my research. So it said, <laughs> it said it came out September, but the cover date was November. You and I must have been reading the same stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you're right. The, the cover date on there is November, but it, it came out in September of 1992 with Ravage following not too long after that. All right. So we're one and one, Sonny. One and one, yeah. It. How often does that happen? Well, I think last game we all started off at one point after the first one. Yeah, very true. So, so see, we are the, the Codex podcast hosts are learning. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Now we're not going to jump in. We'll bring us back to modern times or even a little before modern times. You know, there's some talk about Squirrel Girl. You know, she's basically unbeatable. Mm-hmm. But, Tim, do you know the first appearance of Squirrel Girl? Uh, yeah, it's a Marvel, uh, shoot. It's, it's, it's Marvel winter special, uh, number one or 1993 or something like that. Right. Am I right? Eric Larson did the cover and it has Wolverine on the cover. Right. So I'll, uh, I'll still talk with you, but so do you know like the official name of the comic? Wasn't it Marvel superheroes winter special or something like that? Correct. Yeah, Marvel yeah. Superhero, Marvel Superheroes <laughs> Winter Special. I have that out there. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, we got to see. Yep. So it's uh, yeah, and it was in 1991. 1991, right? Yeah, Marvel on. Superheroes so, Winter Special. So we got it. Okay. So, Sunny, uh, with my number two question, uh, I think you already know the answer to this one, uh, because you kind of alluded to that in your first question so the first four 2099 titles do you know what they were in order of release oh in order of release <laughs> no do, do you just know which do you know the four titles <laughs> okay so spider-man 2099 yeah ravage 2099 yeah doom 2099 yeah and the punisher 29 that is correct and that is in chronological order by the way too so oh, wow. <laughs> here we go like so we did our research today yeah that's right so spider-man 2099 and ravage 2099 both came out in 1992 spider-man came out in september ravage came out in december and then doom came out in january of 93 with punisher following in february well yeah so so I knew right. it, but then that part was a little lucky, though. Uh, the order was lucky. <laughs> yeah, so we're neck and neck right so now. Two and two, two, man. Two. This is it. For the, for the win or the tie, we Can will see. Can you do it? Okay. All right, go for it. Tim, counting the, the first run of Spider-Man 2099, not the sequel. Right, okay. Do you know how many issues Spider-Man 2099 was? I believe it was 46. Correct, Tim. <laughs> three out of three. I am on fire today. <laughs> right, so now 
So to me, do I tie you? <coughs> do I beat you? We are like say, truly neck and neck. I don't know, Sonny. This last question I think is going to be pretty tough. So let me get a drink of water and you sweat for a second. Right. And that is a cup of the Hulk. I am correct. That, that is correct. You win. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you for playing today. No. Okay. So with Spider-Man 2099, do you know the very first video game he appeared in? I appeared in. Let's see. I will say I used to say Spider-Man. It's Super Nintendo. No. <laughs> <laughs> the first game for Spider-Man 2099 to ever make his appearance on the consoles was Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions, and that came out in the year 2010. One of the greatest Spider-Man video games in existence. Well, and if you... It was called Spider-Man what? Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions. I'll have to check that out. Well, if you go and look for it on eBay, they're going to charge you an arm and a leg. So uh, try and find it in a discount store that doesn't know what they have and get it for five bucks. <laughs> I do that, man. All right. So there we go. Do you know it was Tim three, me too. So Tim, that makes you the winner today. I get the victory. I am very excited. We were, uh, yeah, man, we were neck and neck that one. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Jamie wasn't here to steal all my answers, so I win today. But when Jamie comes back next week, I will humbly uh, lose uh, and continue to lose for the rest of the year. He just texted me right now. He only won because I wasn't there. <laughs> I, I have my phone on silence, so I'm sure he messaged me as well. I will say agreed oh sunny <laughs> <sighs> oh uh Kristen, uh the other half of grady meat is currently watching the stream right now hello so there you go <laughs> uh well yeah uh jamie if you were here you would have won but you weren't here so sunny lost <laughs> so, next week jamie will be back bring me some more <laughs> luck Oh, okay. Onward to the uh, the man of the hour. Now we will be reviewing Spider-Man 2099, issue number one. Right do you on. want to start us off with the majors, yeah. or should I get us started with uh, that? I'll go ahead and uh, give you the creative team there, and then if you want to take over the re review portion, uh, I'm cool with that. Absolutely. Sounds good. And real quick, before we get to that, Jamie replied, Guy can't remember a password, but can win this week. Yes, I can. <laughs> <laughs> and I have the password written down, so I'll never forget it again. <laughs> However, with that being said, right. Spider-Man 2099 was brought to us by uh, writing goes to Peter David. Artwork goes to Rick Leonardi. Inks go to Al Williamson, letters Rick Parker, not to be confused with Peter Parker, uh, and colors go to Steve uh, Busolato, and that came out in September of 1992. Right, with a cover date of November 1992. That's right. <laughs> All right, but yeah, so here we go. We got Spider-Man 2099. We go into New York, 
obviously 2099. What the shock? Yeah, what the shock? <laughs> yes, there's a lot of slang. We start off with uh, these teenagers flying in the sky, and uh, they're chased by some, I don't know if they're police or law, and they're like, get those idiot kids out of the way. Oh, well, they're chasing <laughs> Spider Man 2099, and just take those idiot kids out of the way. I thought it gave me a good laugh. They had along with the what the shock. <laughs> so it's, we see that Spider Man, yeah, it is. <laughs> what the shock. <laughs> <For> every, <laughs> Basically, every swear word is changed to shock. Yeah, in the story. It is. You better not be shock. shocking me right now. You better not be. Yeah, what the shock? <laughs> Shut the shock up. Shock it, dude. Shock it. Yeah. So it was a not not so shocking appearance that Spider Man 2099 is in Spider Man twenty ninety nine. It's Miguel. It's the O. It's the Miguel O'Hara Spider Man. Mm-hmm. He's being chased by these law enforcement with. Oh, you know, these incredible villains such as uh, Estevez, who we can assume is related to Emilio Estevez. And none of these characters are very uh, memorable. Like I said, Spider-Man, he's jumping around. He's getting away. Surprise, surprise. He escapes and he makes it back home. Mm-hmm. And he, I said, because it's 2099, it's pretty cool to see things in the future. And his uh, answering machine is in the appearance of a lady, Lila. And when she says, oh, you have your messages. There's it, always somebody appearing, saying, yep. hey, uh, Miguel, we need this and that. And he's, Miguel, you could tell he seems really worn out. He seems out of it. Like he's depressed. You could tell he's been through a lot. And you know, he's just like, next, next. And then it gets to um, his, his fiance, Dana, and she's saying, you know, we need to talk. And you see that she's beaten up. Mm-hmm. And you know, he sees down. And then we get back to the origin story is, is he calling you right now it is not him it's a <laughs> random number i'm just gonna guess some scam number oh, oh my god the one time i don't turn the the volume down <laughs> uh, so that is a band uh well the song is by a band named vandenberg i like my 80s hair metal music okay but back to 2099 so like i said spider-man after he gets the message from Dana, he we go back. It takes us back to how he became Spider-Man 29 and got these powers. Yep. So Miguel O'Hara, he works at this place called Alchemax, and there's a guy by his side named Aaron. And I got to say, Miguel is really busting his chops a lot. <laughs> and he's every time, everything the guy says, he's got a quick, you know, smart remark for him. And they're testing, and I don't want to get too detailed, but eventually... Miguel is, is with his uh, you know, friend, Ty or Tyler. Yeah. Or, or Tyler, who he calls Ty. And he's saying, I'm leaving. I'm going to be done with the company. Yeah, he and throws Ty- his card right on, on the table. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah breaks he it. throws it. Done. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so Ty says, okay, here, let's have a drink. Hey, we're, we're good. And then suddenly he tells him that Miguel feels out of it. And he finds out that Ty, Ty tells him that he, he drugged it with the drug called Rapture. So now Miguel is high and, you know, he's, he's getting paranoid. He returns home and Dana is there. And because he's freaking out, he even gives her an elbow, which is why she was swollen later on because of that. But, you know, she's trying to say, I still love you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's where things out. But he, he, he wants to get away. So he returns back to his job at Alchemax and he tests himself to you know, to kind of heal himself from uh, this rapture stuff. And then 
who is there and a guy Aaron who he happened to be messing with and Aaron says now I will get my revenge <laughs> and that is where I will end my review <sighs> of Spider-Man 2099 issue number one so Tim what the shock did you think of this comic <sighs> Shouldn't have messed with Aaron. Should have left him alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Aaron had enough. Uh, well, first, actually, if you want to, you do have Jamie's review. Uh, yeah, I his, do, as a one. matter of fact. And I will bring that up right now. So what Jamie says here, uh, let me see here. And I'm in the wrong spot. Uh, I'm in messages with him and not with everybody else. <laughs> While you do that, I lowered my phone so that we don't have any more... Uh, music as much as i love my my 80s hair metal <laughs> we don't need it on the show so jamie says that uh spider-man 2099 gets a solid 8.3 from him and it made him want to read the entire series and also made him forget that he owned the first issue <laughs> and i believe the smiley face is from you sonny yep it is okay <laughs> yeah, yeah and i did tell him i said hey uh that that number one the value is going to go up later this uh, year when absolutely spider-man yeah I have two copies uh, sitting out there in the living room right now, one newsstand and one direct, and I will sell the snot out of that newsstand when it hits peak price. You better believe it. I'll give you five bucks. Uh, dude, sold. <laughs> it's on its way. <laughs> All right, we got video evidence now. Yeah. So, okay. So my thoughts on Spider-Man 2099, number one, I think it is an immensely solid origin. Uh, you don't really see a whole lot like this, or or at least back in the 90s where you got the first, what, like five pages of solid Spider-Man action, and then you don't see him in costume anymore for the rest of the issue. And then it just goes into the entire origin story. And I loved that. I thought that was amazing. Uh, Peter David's writing was very, very well done uh, in, in this issue. Uh, it, it's it's superb. It's fantastic. It's spectacular. Uh, Spider-Man in the beginning, like I said, several pages and not again for the remainder of the issue. Rick Leonardi's artwork in here, I think, matched the tone that was needed to be done for something as wild and crazy as Spider-Man 2099. Because I remember when this issue came out and, and me and my friends were like, what the shock is this? Uh, yeah. This is this is shocking, ridiculous, and we're not going to check it out. But we all I think did. Everyone was saying that, yeah. Yeah, we all did. And we all word for word. It. Yeah, <laughs> it, and it was great. It was fantastic. Uh, so yeah, the the writing gets a solid ten from me. Uh, I I love the flow. I love the way that it moved. I love shock, uh, and and I love you know like I said before, Spider Man in the first couple of pages, and then you don't even see him in costume anymore, and it's the entire origin, at least up to when he comes out of the machine at the end, and he's got the the pupilless eyes and the fangs and claws yeah, and all almost, that. Almost stuff. like Mephisto. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, artwork also gets a solid 10 from me when you think of Spider-Man 2099 it's Rick Leonardi uh, all the way and he did one of my favorite adjective list Spider-Man comics uh, that was number 17 uh, you will believe a hero can die when he 
when Spider-Man did die for like two seconds and went and talked to Thanos. Yeah, Leonardi did the artwork for that too. And it was beautiful. And I love his style, especially with Spider-Man 2099. So this gets a 10 across the board. Wow. So a yeah. 10 out of 10 for Tim. Yeah. What the shock. What the shock. Sonny, I'm curious to hear what uh, your grade is for this. So for me, my uh, opinion is pretty shocking. Ooh. And I'm, uh, <laughs> not in the swear word shocking, but uh, <laughs> so yeah, I'm, uh, I really like Spider Man 2099, like the character mm-hmm. himself and Miguel O'Hara, you know, as uh, you know, the Spider Man. And so I was interested, like, okay, let me get, you know, like when you said, hey, we should do this sometime. So I was excited to get into it. And maybe I think I hyped myself up so much. And I also do like, <laughs> I said Peter David's writing, like I especially his writing, like he worked on X Factor for a while and The Incredible yeah. Hulk. Uh, yeah, it's probably my favorite run of the Hulk. And so he's maybe, not a stranger to Spider Man because he's yeah. done Spider Man work before. Yes, yeah, so like I said, a lot of work I've, done, I've uh, enjoyed. And then, so I think when I started off, I said, you know, the, the comedy, <laughs> the shock stuff was uh, <laughs> definitely gave me a good laugh. Like I said, I like the part when they're like, get those idiots out of the way. So there's some good parts. I like that. And then I do like the futuristic, uh, a lot of futuristic things. Like I said, how he sees uh, Lila is basically his answering machines. Yeah. Or actual woman. And then I did like the talk of like, oh, he's, he's going to get into drugs where it takes a more serious turn. And then we went back to the story. We were talking. And then it did lose me a little bit. Like I was like, okay, I get it. But I was like, oh, man, I was maybe expecting a super villain. I wanted to see, like, who does Spider-Man 2099 fight? And I guess I wanted to see him return again. And like I said, we mm-hmm. only saw it like in the beginning. So for me, I was a little underwhelmed by it. And I was like, oh, I wanted more, but I still like it. Because I said, I, you know, you have the, it's the first appearance. It's a yeah. great new character, great new Spider-Man. Yeah. And then I am still, like I said, even like Jamie said, it gets you to want to read more. I want to see oh, what's yeah. going to happen with this character. and. Yeah, but like I said, the villains, I wasn't too interested in Aaron or Ty. But like I said, I want to see what's going to happen with the drug things and everything. So I enjoyed it. Not as much as I thought I would enjoy it. So I give this Spider-Man 2099 a shocking 7.5. Whoa, Sonny. (laughs) I know. I was like, what the shock? So, Sonny, you do a 7.5, Jamie did an 8.3, and I took it to the moon and went to 10. Switched. That's, yeah, usually your grades are pretty high, but uh, 7.5. Now, guys, you're still good, yeah. Yeah, 7.5 is a solid grade. A 6.5 is a solid grade, too, but uh, it's uncommon for Sonny to go that low. (laughs) So, yes, I still say good, and especially like what a great character it is. But I was expecting more. It wasn't one of my favorites. I oh, I love it. I guess maybe too. Maybe I said, I think I hyped it up a bit much, but I still want to see good. And I would still recommend checking it out. And I still do want to continue the story. I would recommend uh, if, I mean, you dug Spider-Man enough, uh, swing into Doom 2099. That's that's where it's at. So, okay, I'll yeah. check out Doom. Yeah. yeah I remember as a kid, I had a card of Doom 2099. That's how I first started learning about the 2099 characters. Yeah stories but yes yeah, so there we go what the shock sonny and what henry switch you won do you know and i <laughs> yep. lost do you know you gave it 10 <laughs> out of 10 and i gave a 7.5 it's shocking yeah so maybe things will get back to 
talking normal <laughs> next week. And maybe when maybe Jamie will return. We hope so. We hope he feels better. And maybe we will finally get to reviewing the Avengers Defenders War. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah. What the shock. What the shock. But it's been a great episode. I look forward to seeing you all next week. I need to redeem myself. I want to win, you know. <laughs> and, you know, who knows? Maybe next week we'll be back to the normal, the normal yep. say of the show. And Tim will be giving a 5.3. And <laughs> <laughs> But for today's episode, things are a little crazy. And now we call it an end. So I say goodbye. Thank you for watching. And I'll let Tim take the show out. Once again, guys, as Jamie always says, be kind to one another, love each other and find. And then I don't remember the rest of what he says. So I'm going to say what I say. And uh, don't forget to follow us on social medias. Uh, that would be Instagram, Twitter, uh, right here on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook. And you can also find us on all podcast streaming platforms, Spotify specifically, uh, all you have to do is type in the Codex Podcast or Codex Podcast or simply Code X and you will find us there. Uh, don't forget, you know, uh, right here on Twitch, we're here every Wednesday, usually around uh, 5.30 on Wednesdays. Oh, 5:30. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. somewhere in there. And then the episodes come out on Saturday or Sunday on YouTube and schedules are available on Facebook and YouTube as well. So you can see when every new episode of Decoding Panels, Mail Call, the podcast itself, or any other shows that we have are coming out. Once again, my name is Tim. This wonderful, beautiful gentleman over here is Sonny Kruger. We are the Codex Podcast. You guys have a great night. Get the shock out.